Welcome to episode 28 of Your Town Crime, Ketchum, Idaho. This week I talk about the history of Ketchum. We talk about gold. We talk about skiing. Please go visit podbean.com and podbelly.com if you would like to learn how to create a podcast. Okay, we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Shannon, how you doing? I'm good, Jason. We are back. It is normal. Yeah, live <laughs> and in person. Yeah. Yay. After a week, you feeling a lot better? Yes, I'm feeling a lot better. Good. So thankful it wasn't worse and praying for all of our friends who are going through much worse right yeah, now. Yeah, we got a couple friends with pneumonia and, mm-hmm. and uh, some in the hospital, some not. So, yeah, a lot of things going on. But you went back to school this week. Yes. Teaching again, trying to get back to normal. Yep. Wow, we're doing the thing. Crazy first year. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Oh Lord, I hope it goes back to some normalcy. Yeah, I know. Well, we're glad, glad you're back. Glad you're, glad you're feeling good, and the rest of the family is too. And glad we get to meet in person and do this. So yes, yeah. And we're what twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah, episode twenty eight. We checked this time beforehand. So <laughs> <laughs> say the wrong thing uh, again, but yeah. Episode 28, and uh, this is, so far, you know, I think after this episode, we've got still seven days and left in a month, so I think we're going to pass July's numbers, and okay. thank you guys for listening, thank you for sharing, uh, we just keep getting more and more listens and downloads every month, so. Yes, and thank you for being so nice to yeah. the people that reached out and checked on me, that was sweet, yeah. so thank you. Yeah, so. So what, what's happening in your world? What's happening? I'm coaching again. Okay. No. Not baseball. It's not, not baseball, baseball season. We got soccer. Okay. I'm soccer coach now. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this coaching position either. I just got a call last week and said, hey, we need, we really, really, really need a coach. I can't find anybody. Will it you was, please? It was probably like, Jason, you are great. We know no. you know your football skills. <laughs> football. Football more than, I don't know. I played I meant soccer. like football. Foot, uh, American football. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, that didn't make any sense either. But yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't need to be a soccer coach. <laughs> see, I, I played soccer growing up, but I wasn't any good. My brother was a lot better than I was. I played one year in high school, but I was like a enforcer kind of. <laughs> I was a junior and I was big and slow and knock people any, down. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, that guy's. You know, go out there and get a red yeah, card. Yeah, I never got a red <laughs> card, but I I put a you know, kept a shoulder on some guys until <laughs> they blew past me and took off down the field. And I couldn't catch them, you know, because I was a lineman and not a uh, not a soccer player. So. <laughs> yeah, you don't really see many linemen that are soccer no, players. No. no, but there was a there was two of us on the team, the soccer team that were linemen in football. Oh gosh! And uh, it was fun. Yeah, we we didn't know, you know, by then it didn't matter, you know. <laughs> Well, fun. that is fun, though. It's good to play different things. Yeah, it is. It was fun. My brother played soccer back then, too, so he was a freshman. 
anyway. Uh, so you're yeah. coaching. So I'm is coaching. It, is it fun? Six and under. Oh, it is okay. fun. There's only two teams in our town this year. Okay, so there's 12 kids signed up, <laughs> six and six. Oh, so might we might end up with another kid. I don't know, but anyway, still be two teams. Okay, so, so it was fun. It was interesting. Um, I would say that's so interesting wrangling yeah. these six year olds yeah. together to try to understand right a yeah. new sport. So we I did a few few drills tonight, and then we. You know, then they all chased the the ball like a herd of cats, <laughs> and just kind of you know we we didn't even we didn't have lines or anything, and they were going out of bounds. But if they were dribbling well, uh-huh. I just kind of let them keep going because mm-hmm. they were they were doing all right, and they yeah. were just, I didn't want to stop them to you know because they can't see Correct. the lines. Right. So they get a little wild and start going across the other fields, and I'd stop. Hey, what oh, anybody else out there? So it's okay. But uh, all right, we're out of bounds. Come back. That's so cute. So. Do you remember doing the Indian runs? In soccer? Yeah, yeah. We're, oh, those yeah. were awful. Yeah, that, that soccer field seemed so huge. It got <laughs> yeah. a lot bigger when you start those. Yeah. You're like, that was awful. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good time. So you need to make those six-year-olds do it. So when they go home, well, they're tired. Their field's tiny. Oh, well, they so, could do it a few times. Yeah. But they, uh, <laughs> they, they were tired. They were, and of course, it's 90 degrees outside. Oh, yeah, so that's true. We were in the shade. I kept them in the shade and gave them lots of water breaks. Anytime they said, I'm thirsty, I was like, okay, go get a drink. Yeah. So <laughs> an hour went by really fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. So, oh, goodness. That they sounds... were good and sweet and cute, yeah. Oh, yeah. that sounds kind of like a nightmare. But I'm glad you're doing uh, it, and that's so great. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I didn't didn't sign up to be a coach, and it's not going to take long before they get better than me in <laughs> sports. But, uh <laughs> But I'm I'm there to help and I'm there to there there for them, so it's all good. So. Well, you're doing it. That's yeah. awesome. So what else going on with you? What else is going on with you? you get that <sighs> Nothing. Out right. I'm just trying to recover. recover. No, I'm good. I ran yesterday and today, so yep. I'm trying to get back into that because um, we've got a marathon scheduled. So okay. I need to be ready. That's there in November. November. I am not ready. So <laughs> That's coming up quick. <laughs> uh, That's how many weeks out? Well, I mean, it's really, I've got two months of training. So, uh, like, yeah, seven, eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ready. <laughs> I might time for a not make it. <laughs> yeah. What's normal? Like 16 weeks? Is that? Yeah, 16. Which, training. I mean, I've been training, but then I yeah. didn't get to run the last 10 days. So, I mean, that's a week that's off. A week and and half, yeah. that's a, when you don't run for a week, you can tell. Yeah. I mean, you're like out of shape. I ran 14 or. No, 11 miles the week before, and right. I ran four today, and I was dying. Oh, wow. Like, what is happening? Well, you're still, you just had COVID, too, so. I know, but still, it's, it's, it's good. Anyway, so that's what's happening. I think I'm still tired from COVID in February or March. Uh, thanks. Maybe a little bit. Maybe Listen, I'm just using that as an excuse. I'm taking my vitamins. I'm going to just try to fake it till I make it. Yeah. We'll see. All right, well, <laughs> we got another week where I'm... I, you know, all right, this is pretty neat. All right, we 28 episodes, and I think, you know, I, our, our whole thing from the get-go was every town's got a story. That's kind of mm-hmm. our thing. We're going to throw a dart. Every town's got a story. I can't believe how good the stories are. I feel like mm-hmm. these every time we go to I'm like, I want to go there. Uh-huh. This is neat. This historic person lived there or did this thing there. Right. And I'm just blown away how, how cool these places are. And, like, this town's got 2,800 people. But there's history uh-huh. everywhere. There's yeah. all these people that you guys have heard of that we're going to talk about in a minute. And it's like that in every town. Even when I don't think there's going to be anything or I'm like, man, I can't find anything. I talk for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just great. And I'm I'm having a blast, and I'm learning things, and I'm seeing things all over the place now that just remind me of things that I'm learning. And, yeah. And I hope you guys are too. I hope you guys are enjoying this, and I just think it's cool. I'm enjoying it, whether you guys are, are or not. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, it's just great to take my mind off of off of something during the week, off of everything else, and go. I'm going to read about Ketchum, Idaho. What happened here? Right. What? I think I've heard of Ketchum, Idaho, but I've never been to Idaho. And if I have, it's, I haven't been, it's just been barely. Like mm-hmm. when I went to, uh, to Yellowstone, you know, I might have gone down that road towards Idaho, but I can't remember. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to count it. Right. But that's a, that, if I did, it's just to go turn around and come back. And I don't remember if we did or not. So I do want to go to Idaho now. I want to go to Ketchum. I want to go to Sun <laughs> Valley. Uh, and last week we didn't know. But I've learned that Ketchum and Sun Valley are pretty much the same town. Yes. I don't, there's not much that really splits them. So, uh, but I'll talk about that in a second. So I just, I hope you guys are having fun because I am. Yeah. So, and that's just the history side of it. Then you mm-hmm. got the true crime on top of it. And of course, we always say, or should always say, we said it before that the, the, t- the crime doesn't define the town. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the history. Uh, but yeah, the, the true crime on top of that, it's pretty fascinating and, uh, I kind of quit listening to true crime podcast for a second because I was like, <laughs> there's so much bad, but I've listened to some right lately and kind of getting back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, so, there's a lot. Yeah. It's so depressing. It's kind of sad. It is. You got to kind of step away for a second. I understand mm-hmm. if you guys step away for a second and go, go find something that's fun. Yeah. You know? Well, well not, I think not, your part is more is fun is. and it's more like easy going, yeah. but like my part, you know, it can I get a little heavy fun. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, well, it can get heavy. Right. Even researching Heavy's that, I'm, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I need to pray before I go to bed because yeah. I cannot believe people yeah. can do these things. But they do do them. And I do think it's important that we understand the people that do try to understand those people. Right. And maybe we can catch signs and talk to people yeah. more and, under you know, try to, you know, not – we can't prevent these things most of the time, but – Usually there is some, anyway, you can just edit this out, but no, I think, I think people, people listening to true crime, it's, it's helping things. People are more vigilant. People are more aware of their surroundings. Now, mm-hmm. uh, this week there was a, uh, there was an attack on a greenway in a town close to us. And the person, the person that was, uh, that was being attacked, you know, screamed, yelled, other people ran and helped her. Oh, I didn't and, even hear yeah, that story. And okay. they, they caught the guy like they, you know, he was he was trying to drag her in the woods, and mm-hmm. she fought. She fought. Other people came to help, and a lot of times people won't help. They right. just get scared, and they don't know what to do, and right. they don't want to get involved. They don't know what's happening, but not in the case, this case. And mm-hmm. I think there's there's things like that going on everywhere where people are being more vigilant. They're locking their doors when they get in the car at night, mm-hmm. you know, in the parking lot. Because you know these things can happen because yeah. we're listening to them every day yeah. on our way to work, on you know, while we run. We right. understand, like, bad stuff does happen there and catch them tra- yeah. Idaho to Detroit, Michigan. Those yeah. things happen, and that's one thing that we have learned with these small towns. Like, even though they're, they're small and population's not very big, but, you know, those darkness does come there right. at times. So. so you guys stay vigilant, keep your eyes open. And uh, keep your ears open and just be uh, just be ready. You know, this can be happening. I don't know. Hope not. Yeah, I hope not. But I, th- I think, you know. Well, it's it's better to be more prepared yeah. than unprepared. That's right. So, 
All right. We'll <laughs> How that. do we get off on these tangents? The more you know. Dun, 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 dun. There we go. All right. We'll get through that. We just went off, and hopefully you all stick with us there. <laughs> yeah, we hope you guys are doing great. Uh, so we'll jump right in to catch them. Catch them, Idaho. Um, you ready for this? I am. I'm ready to learn ready? something. Did you look at any of the history? Nope. I like to be surprised. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I have no idea what crime you talked about. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's a. Uh, I have a few tales of suicide. Oh, yeah, so all right. Um, Ketchum, Idaho, is in Blaine County, and the population is twenty eight hundred. Twenty eight hundred. Did ketchup town. originate from Ketchum? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not believe so. Unless. Uh, David Ketchum, who we'll talk about in a second, invented ketchup, but I don't, I didn't have that in my notes, so. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, didn't say anything about that. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Shannon. Another tangent. Sorry. No, no ketchup in this story. <laughs> All right. So, uh, population 2,800, that's the, uh, that's the, the population that lives there year round, uh, there, or has residents there. I don't know how they do it. That's people who, <laughs> I do know how they do it. It's called a, uh, Census. census. Right. <laughs> that so, thing. Yeah, that thing. So the people, 2,800 people live in the town. Uh, it is a resort town, so there's more people who are there um, probably year-round because there's things to do year-round outside. Uh, in the wintertime, there is skiing and other things, and I'll talk about all this in more depth soon. All right. It was first explored in 1824 uh, by beaver trappers. Uh, that was about the first time they came through there. In 1860, uh, there was a gold rush, and that brought people into the area, and uh, there was a tent camp started in the town uh, around 1860 called uh, Galena, and uh, it was about 25, 25 miles north of, of where Ketchum is now, but there was wagon trains, and there's a river that runs down through there. Uh, the Wood River uh, runs down through there, and uh, so there was wagon trains going through there. David Ketchum, uh, who... Yeah, surprise, surprise, the, they named the town after him here. <laughs> um, he was an early prospector and a trapper and a guide, and he operated a pack train, and he built a cabin on the banks of the Wood River in 1879. So he was there for a while just kind of doing all kinds of things. Uh, Isaac Lewis was a guy. He also came in the area, and he brought an assay lab from Montana. Uh, I think it was from Butte, Montana, and set up a lab there to, to – um, assay the the minerals coming out of the ground the gold and the silver and there's also lead there there was all kinds of all kinds of precious metals and everything other metals lead everything coming out of the ground there uh and uh it became a smelting center uh they they called it leadville in 1880 because of all the smelters um and when the uh post office came or the postal people came wait yeah wait <laughs> You said a smelter? Smelter. Okay, what's a smelter? Oh, smelter, okay. <laughs> you can't assume because so, I do not know. <laughs> okay, going back, smelter is a, it's <clears throat> what they, they burn, they melt down the mel- the metals. Okay. They, the, uh, the impure melters, the impure metals that are the, the ore, they, they melt that down, uh, they pull out the impurities and they, they're left with, uh, pure ingots after okay. that, so. They smelt all this down, and uh, lead is one of the byproducts, I believe. I believe that's one of the byproducts of smelting some of this stuff. That's how they get the lead out. Okay, interesting. See, I didn't know yeah, that. So 
I don't uh, know how they do this. But yeah, so that's <laughs> that's what a smelter is. That listen, if there's a smelting engineer <laughs> listening, and you know that was that was first grade <laughs> smelting definition. So don't get me too don't get me on that. I know, but uh, but anyway, that's the basics of it. They're they're taking the ore, melting it down, getting impurities out to have a a better, a purer ingot. So the bars you see, bars of gold, mm-hmm. those have been smelted. Okay. All right. All right. So now that we know what smelting is, we'll move move on to. Uh, did I where did I where was I at? Did I say uh, the post office came in and they didn't like the name Leadville? Yes. They say it was said mm-hmm. it was too common, so they named it after David Ketchum. Yes, right. you were getting to that. I was getting to that. Yes. So that's how they named it, David. I didn't name it David. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they named it, Ketchum. Uh, they didn't like Leadville, so Ketchum was a dude that'd been there for a while. So 1890s, the mo- mining boom was over. Sheep became the number one business in the area at that time. Uh, soon after the 1860 gold rush, uh, a dude named John Haley brought uh, the first sheep up. And uh, uh, not long after that, the herd in Idaho had grown to 14,000 sheep. Oh, wow. Yeah, so by 1890, there were uh, 614,000 sheep. Oh, my goodness. So 30 years it had boomed. Right. Uh, it was a good grazing ground for the uh, for in, during the during the summer, up in the higher higher ele- elevations, in the snow after the snow melt and all that, um, so it's a huge built business. By 1920, it was the largest sheep shipping center in the West. That's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that last <laughs> night, and I was like, should I say that sheep shipping center? <laughs> that is hard to say, and I'm not going to try to say it fast. Uh, <laughs> the Union Pacific Railroad's railhead. Uh, it ended there, or was there. Uh, that would ship the sheep. <laughs> in 1918, the sheep population in Idaho was 2.65 million. Oh, my goodness. So it was a huge business. It was a huge market for sheep. It was the second largest sheep market in the world, second only to Sydney, Australia. Wow. So I, I had no idea. Hmm. You know, I think of sheep, I think of Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a... You know, that's where I think of sheep shearing and all that. But uh, evidently, it's pretty big in Idaho. Yeah, every October, there's a festival and a parade uh, called Trailing of the Sheep. And uh, it's Sun Valley, Ketchum, and Haley, Idaho. It's where the uh, they move the sheep down south to uh, the winter grazing pastures, which is down south of Idaho, or down south of uh, Ketchum and all there, uh, where they don't get as much snow. Right. So they do that every year, and they've been doing it for years and years and years. It's like they do it already, so they made a festival of it. So it's a pretty big deal. Uh, let's see. All right, now talking about Sun Valley. Last week we said that they're pretty much one town. They were mm-hmm. so close on the map. I was like, wow, well, how's there two towns? Well, Ketchum was already there. Union Pacific Railroad was there in Ketchum. And a dude named W. Avril Harriman who was the chairman of the Union Pacific Railroad, he was like, I would like more people to ride my railroads because I'll make more money. So he says, let's develop a ski resort in the West because, you know, skiing had just taken off because of, uh, in 1932, the Winter Olympics were in Lake Placid, New York. So skiing kind of became a new fad kind of deal. Okay. Um, you know, it was not long after the... Uh, not long at all after the uh, depression 
1929 since the stock market crash. So this was kind of a big thing. And uh, I guess the economy was kind of starting to get going again. So he said uh, he they thought he'd do this. More people ride uh, my passenger trains if I have a reason for them to do it. So in 1935, he hired Count Felix von Schafgosh. <laughs> Shafgosh, okay. Shafgosh. Gotch. Shafgotch? Is there a question mark after there his is name? Not. <laughs> there is when I read it. Yeah. <laughs> Count Felix von Schafgotch. Uh, he's from Austria. He came, hired him to come and find the perfect place in the West for a ski resort. And he went all over the West. He went to California, uh, Utah, um, uh, just all over the West, uh, Yosemite, all over the place. And he couldn't find a great place, but he came to catch him after somebody told him that the railroad spur that went up to catch him cost the Union Pacific the most money to clear the snow. So he's like, all right, there's, there's more snow there than anywhere else the railroad is. Mm-hmm. This railroad dude's hiring me. Let's go to catch him. So he goes to catch him, uh, and find some pretty good, uh, mountains there for skiing gets everything set up uh, they start building uh, they choose the mountains they start buying the land they start building the resorts uh, this dude uh, <laughs> Count Felix von Schafgotch <laughs> question mark question mark <laughs> he, uh, he he went back to Austria during this time and uh, to, to recruit ski instructors oh that's so, cool yeah because I mean there wasn't a lot of ski instructors in the United States at the time because not a lot of people skied so they went back to the Alps uh, to find skin. Man, that is really cool. Yeah. So they, yeah. <laughs> until I read this next line. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So they came back to the United States and, uh, he was talking to some actor, um, and he's like, yeah, we're, we're all Nazis. <gasps> it's like, so yeah, uh, they were not, all from Austria. That's yeah. where, uh, you know, that's where, uh, Adolf Hitler was from. So, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, we're all Nazis. <gasps> so in 1939, uh, Count Felix went back to Germany and uh, or went back to Austria, which was Austria was Germany then and all that, and uh, part of the Nazi, Nazi whatever area. I don't know what they called it. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> he went back there and he <laughs> fought in the German army. So he's reported to have died on the Russian front. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, so there's a lot. There. That took a turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, this dude's got a weird name. He's from Austria. Oh, cool. He's he's a you know a skier from the like the how Alps cool for those people. They yeah, get like wow, first hand training from oh, someone from the Alps. All Nazis. Oh, yeah. So shoot. it's a weird world in the 30s. You know, I mean, Nazis coming to the United States to teach. Negative. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could imagine. But so much was unknown in the 30s about mm-hmm. the Nazis and what was going on. That's true. So, but It's not like today where we know everything right, about we everybody. Know it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they were still Nazis, though. <laughs> that, is, that doesn't help anything. I'm just, uh, you know, the Americans didn't know. They're like these, they're these weird people from Germany. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, Germany, hey, we've, we have a lot of listeners from Germany. Oh, okay. We do. Well, not a lot, but we have some. Uh, so hey out there <laughs> hi <laughs> sorry it was like the 1930s yeah we're talking about stuff from way back i have been to germany 
Okay, I of course you have, Jason. <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful place. So we're talking about stuff back then, and uh, didn't meet any Nazis while I was there. So that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a great great time. I love Germany. It's beautiful, and uh, and had a great time. So it's a lot. I've heard it's cool. It I is. I'd love to go back. There. I'd love to go back to Germany. So uh, can't wait to go back. So actually, don't write them off. <laughs> no, no, it's a yeah. So all right, moving on. Sun Valley Lodge was opened in 1936. It's a 220-room egg-shaped lodge. X. That sounded like I said eggs. Yeah, it did. Egg-shaped lodge. <laughs> no, it's X-shaped lodge. Uh, Swiss style. The Swiss style Challenger Inn and Village opened in 1937, and the dude wanted swimming pools uh, there because he's like, I don't want people to think it's too cold here. Right. So they put heated swimming pools okay. there, which is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah, and they were. They were like round swimming pools. They were different, and and all the pictures, of course. So the first chairlifts in the world were installed at this ski resort. That's so cool. I know. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, this is what I was talking about. Like where you learn things. Like mm-hmm. already, we've talked about some pretty pretty crazy history. That is cool. But the first chairlifts in the world were in Ketchum. Ketchum some, set the tone for, for the entire world for chairlifts. That's right. So uh, that happened in uh, 1936. Uh, those original ski lifts have been removed, but you can still find remnants of them. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> well, that have to be repaired a few times between now and then. But you can see uh, on the Proctor and Dollar Mountains, you can still see the remnants of those. And there's like some plaques and like the uh, the uh, the cabins or wherever the uh, where the lifts start and end and that kind of deal. So you can still kind of see where they were. So this brought. A lot of celebrities to the area. They could come from L.A. and get up to Idaho on the rail cars and on buses and stuff. They had, like, motor coaches, they mm-hmm. called them, a little bit nicer than, than just a Greyhound bus nowadays. Uh, but celebrities started coming there. Ernest Hemingway was a big guy that came up there. Uh, Gary Who's that? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk more about him in a second. <laughs> Gary Cooper, Clark Gable, Errol Flynn, Lucille Ball, Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Uh, the Kennedys were known to come there. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, he has a run on one of the mountains named after him. Oh. So he frequents there still, uh, or has in the recent past. In 1941, uh, there was a movie made there called Sun Valley Serenade. They shut down in 1942 for the Second World War. It was a convalescent hospital for the Navy, uh, specifically uh, people in the Pacific Theater. So that would be a, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got to, they served our country, they got wounded. They needed a place to go, and they sent them to a ski resort. That is awesome. In the mountains. They, they definitely. Beautiful not, mountains. They earned it. <laughs> I mean, they, they deserved a beautiful place to relax and, and get better after what they did for us. So. Mm-hmm. Going back to Ernest Hemingway, he became a part-time resident of Sun Valley. If you've done any reading on Ernest Hemingway, you know that he was a part-time resident of everywhere. Uh, Everywhere he went, he uh, he never sat still very long. So, uh, but he was part time resident of Sun Valley. He uh, bought a home on the Wood River in 1950, and uh, you know during this time, you know it says he was part time resident. He was traveling all over the world after he first came to Sun Valley, doing all kinds of Ernest Hemingway things, like mm-hmm. he was in Paris. You know, his time in Paris was during this. Uh, his time in World War Two, the Spanish Spanish War, like. Uh, he just a lot of his the stuff he was that he wrote happened during this time. Um, 
it's crazy. I mean, just a lot of his history happened while he was living or knew about in Sun Valley and Ketchum. His life also came to an end in Ketchum. He uh, committed suicide in Ketchum on July 2nd, 1961. He's buried in the Ketchum Cemetery, and I didn't know that. For some reason, I thought he was buried in Key West. Hmm. I don't know why I knew that or why I thought that. Uh, he did have a presence in Key West, mm-hmm. uh, and I've I've been there too. But uh, but I remember Hemingway's things in Key West, and for some reason I thought he was buried down there. But he's not. He's buried in Ketchum Cemetery in Ketchum, Idaho. Okay. His hmm. granddaughter, uh, Margot Hemingway, she was an actress. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember her. She's got a sister too, a Mariel, and they they were both actresses back in the a lot in the eighties. But anyway, she uh, um. She committed suicide also, and she's mm. buried. Uh, she's buried at the family family plot there uh, with her grandfather. So, uh, so yeah, that's a that's a a lot of history. Uh, I feel like I went over that pretty quick. I ran through that. It felt like, but that's if you think about that, there was a lot of people who came through there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, and Lucille Ball, her and Desi. Uh, after I Love Lucy ended, they had a variety show. I think it's called the Lucy and De- Lucy and Desi show, or the Le- Lucy um, and Desi. the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. Lucy, yeah, they did film an f- episode of that in in uh, Sun Valley. Okay, so uh, you could probably find find some old stuff from Sun Valley there. I Love Lucy was so good, or on YouTube or somewhere. Yeah, it was a good <sighs> show. It was funny, and it still still sells mm-hmm. uh, like that's still a big a big thing. Uh, so cool yeah so it's a it is a cool town uh let me tell you some other things uh, i told you about the trailing of the sheep they also have wagon days labor day weekend which is coming up pretty soon here in, you know a week and a half away it's a theme carnival with wagon trains you can go on instagram i'll uh i will link some or if i found some today uh some posts that had the wagon trains like pictures and, and videos uh, of some of the wagon trains so i'll link those in our stories on instagram so Go follow us on Instagram yes. and see that stuff. Uh, they also have street gunfights. So that's pretty cool. They have like Old West Days uh, called Wagon Days. That Other events cool. they have, uh, Sun Valley Jazz Festival, uh, Ride Sun Valley Bike Festival, Sun Valley Summer Symphony, Sun Valley Film Festival, the TEDx Sun Valley. So the TED Talks, uh, TEDx stuff. Uh, things to do, Sawtooth Botanical Garden, uh, Ketchum Sun Valley Historic Society and Heritage Museum. Excuse me. <laughs> Heritage and Ski Museum. So the Ketchum Sun Valley Historic Society Heritage and Ski Museum. That's a lot to say. That uh, is a lot to say. But that is there. Uh, the Sawtooth National Rec Area. Uh, the Sawtooth is uh, the mountain, some of the mountain ranges there. One of them. Uh, Sun Valley, uh, Bald Mountain has 13 chairlifts with 65 r- runs. There's also Dollar Mountain, which has got several runs. Uh, Pale Rider, uh, another movie star type thing. Pale Rider, the Clint Eastwood movie, was filmed outside of town. Mm. Uh, pretty cool movie. So that's all I've got. It's a cool town. I really do want to go. I texted one of my buddies, and I was like, he's, he said something about going out west on a ski trip. And I was like, let's go to catch him. It seems really cool. I'm putting the podcast out about oh, that it. That would be cool. And it seems like a cool town. You know, you Google it. Uh, look at some of the businesses there, and it looks like a really nice town to go visit for sure. So I, this might have went to the top of my list. Really? I don't know. It's close. Uh, 
felt like there was a lot of spit in that. <laughs> <laughs> it's dry earlier now, I guess. It's because you're thinking about ketchup. You're yeah, getting excited. Or so. maybe you're thinking about ketchup. Yeah, ketchup, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so I texted him and... Uh, what was I saying? That how it's at the top of your list. Yeah, it's top of, oh yeah. Before before that, and it might, they're, they're going to be close because Mississippi, Clarksdale, Mississippi is pretty close. Uh-huh. So, Man, that's an early one. Yeah, that was, but I mean, it's still pretty up, pretty uh-huh. high up We're there. so close. I know Mississippi's not far away, but I've got, um, I've got two kids. Okay, two, that's yeah, true. I've got a two, three month old. <laughs> um, we just had to pause earlier because he was crying, but. He's starting to giggle and laugh right now. So, so sweet. sweet. But, uh, but yeah, trips are kind of <laughs> off uh, for a second. But my son, Huck, he will. He would love it. He would go. I feel like now when they're newborn, like you're kind of not newborn, but like four months out, it's still not that hard stage where yeah. they're like crawling and stuff. So I feel like even though you're nervous about traveling, right. it's probably the easiest. Yeah, it's not bad. But like me and Huck could <laughs> hop in the hop in the the truck tomorrow and go to and go. go to mississippi yeah and me and him have a weekend you should we're gonna start doing some of that stuff that'd be fun <laughs> we I, we have plans to come to your town if this if one of these if, if we've done your town i might be coming yeah uh, that'd we, be fun i do i do want to come visit i'm, I'm telling you oh, every single place do a we, video yeah i will i that'd definitely be so cool definitely okay. will I mean, we haven't put much of ourselves out there i mean i've mm-hmm. got my weird picture of getting my <laughs> lasik, LASIK. <laughs> yeah but they don't even know what I had sunglasses on and uh-huh. a mask on and a hairnet. Yeah. They don't even know what you look like. So, <laughs> yeah, you're still. Mystery. Still yeah. So, we 28 episodes and I want to go everywhere. Okay. Well, catch him, Clarksdale. Okay. Or Clarksdale, your, catch him. Since we're on it, in between, little, little in between talk. Where, uh, where do you I mean, go? probably Reading would be kind of mm. up there. Yeah. Reading's cool. Um, for me. Utah, Escalante. Oh, yeah. Escalante would be one. Yeah. I had a friend, my friends from California that I talked about with the fires. Mm-hmm. They they stayed at a place, like up on top of a, uh, a butte, maybe. I guess it's called a butte. Uh-huh. Uh, somewhere in Utah. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. And I might have talked about that in that episode. If I didn't, I'm going to talk about it. Again. Yeah. It's beautiful. That is some, I went and looked at that picture. Go. They have pictures. I went back and looked like a week or two ago on that picture again because it was it's like, oh, my God. Oh gosh, that would be awesome. Yeah. So ratings you top, you know. Gonna... I mean, I said I, I would say to I would say so. Reading Utah would be awesome. Sun Valley would be amazing. Um, any of these places, I would be ecstatic to go. Now that I know a little bit about each of them, it would just be fun just to go and like see it. Yeah. Also, Louisiana. Louisiana for sure. That would be yeah. really cool too. Uh, what is the still Magnolias? Yeah, but what was the town? Na- Mac- Nat- Natchitoches. Yeah, Natchitoches. Yeah, we watched Still Magnolias after that. I think I talked about it in another episode, but uh, so that would be kind of cool too. There. Anyway, okay. Okay, let's get into the crime since this is a true crime podcast. Y- yes. Okay. So. A normally quiet town, and I say a normally quiet town because, honestly, I did not find a whole lot, even as of recent. Like, there, I mean, it's a small town. I mean, right. it's there wasn't a lot, so that's a good thing. Right. Um, but 
A normally quiet town was not the case on June 22, 1990. A rampage of violence and murder swept through Ketchum that night. That a lot of folks from there would probably still be able, because there's just not that much that happens there that I could see, that they would remember. At around 10 o'clock that night on the 22nd, a white-colored Oldsmobile drove into town on Warm Springs Road with Mitchell John Odega as the driver. Mitchell was a 35-year-old at the time who had definite issues with drugs. Like, he had been in trouble before. Apparently, it was like something he just couldn't get rid of. It was just part of his life. Mitchell had just taken 37 Sudafed pills. Say what? (laughs) Listen. I didn't know that was a thing. Yes. Okay. So that's why our Sudafed is locked up. Yes. Well, I know that's they make they make they make make methamphetamine with Sudafed pills. But But he goodness, how many? Thirty six is what it said, and that was a few. That was a court document that I read. He said apparently that he took thirty six Sudafed pills that night when he decided to pack his gun and go for a ride. Because that seems like... <laughs> that seems like a smart thing to yeah. do after you take that many Sudafed. <laughs> so... I don't know how I could function. I think I would just... Die? Well, yeah. If I, if I didn't die, I'd definitely think I'd pass out. I'd you could not go on a rampage, it. right? You would not no be able idea. to get I don't, your I don't vehicle. know what this does. Like, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> Listen, I've taken one Benadryl before and been knocked out for 48 <laughs> hours. There is no yeah. way I, my body could handle 36 Sudafed pills. Yeah, I don't know what it does. I don't know. Obviously, it does. <clears throat> it doesn't make you sleepy, apparently. It doesn't do anything good from what it sounded like. No. Okay, so Mitchell had just taken 36 Sudafed pills when he decided to pack his gun and go for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> when Ketchum native Gerald Wright was at the intersection of East Avenue and 4th Street, he was walking. Mitchell, who was also walking, shot him point blank in the chest with a thirty caliber hunter, hunting rifle. Just 10 o'clock at night, in the middle of an intersection, 36 Sudafed pills later, you're just going to see a guy. There's, you, there's no beef there that... You know, I could find you just, he just happens to be walking in wow. this intersection, shot him right that in the chest. Yeah. A few minutes later, though, 23 year old Bruce Schaefer was walking when he was shot in the back of the head on Fifth Street by Mitchell. Wow. Both victims, of course, died from their injuries. I mean, it was so close and just not a good thing. Yeah, 30 is going to. Yeah, do some damage there. Mitchell then got into the Oldsmobile and drove down to Warm Springs Road. He then proceeded to get out of the vehicle and wait for his next victim. So he pulled off on the side and just waited for a car to come by. Another Ketchum resident named Jerry Johnson was driving in the opposite direction of Mitchell. So he was coming towards Mitchell and he saw a man pointing a rifle directly at him. So you're just imagine you're driving down the road. <laughs> it's ten o'clock what at in night. The world you am happen I to see yeah. a man just got his rifle in position and he's going. Thankfully, Johnson had 
Thankfully, Johnson had great reflexes and noticed the crazed man and ducked down inside his vehicle, merrily missing the bullet. Glass scattered all around Johnson, shattering the driver's side window where it exited through the passenger side window. So thankfully, he was okay after just after Mitchell already killed two other people on the street. So it was just a nightmare this night and authorities were on it. They were narrowing, narrowing on Mitchell as police, as the police chase ensued, Mitchell wasn't about to go down without a fight. He rammed his Oldsmobile into police cars as they got close. He also was able to push his vehicle through a police barricade and a, ro a roadblock further down on Warm Springs Road all while he was exchanging gunfire with authorities. So this man must be able to just do a lot on Sudafed. Because yeah. I can't imagine doing this stuff sober. Yeah, I'm looking at Warm Springs Road on, on, the, on Google right now, on the uh -huh. maps. And it comes in, there's a lot of residential. I mean, it goes up the mountain a little uh -huh. bit to uh, Warm Springs Day Lodge on top of uh, Bald Mountain, where some of the ski runs are. It kind of heads up that way. Um, but then it goes back into town, like right downtown. Right. Uh, so it's not a, it's a very busy road. A lot of residential areas until you get right into town. But it hits right downtown in right. the middle. Of a major road. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So authorities, they kept the pursuit with Mitchell. After him driving 25 miles on U.S. Highway 75 north of Ketchum, so oh, that's he got, Main Street. 75 right. is Main Street. Yeah, kitchen. a major um, highway there. Um, he wrecked his vehicle and rolled it. So he rolled the car. Police got to the vehicle. Mitchell was nowhere to be found. He was not in his vehicle. <laughs> Around 3.30 that morning, so that would be June 23rd, Mitchell walked up to Gary Perdue, a city marshal from Stanley, at a roadblock on the highway. Authorities in Stanley had a roadblock set up to check cars, checkpoints, just to see, you know, if he happened to steal another vehicle or, you know, catch him. Right. He walks up to Gary Perdue, a city marshal, carrying his rifle. Like, no big deal. Like, I'm just going to walk up and I'm just going to hold my gun with this officer. He told the officer that there had been an accident. And the officer calmly talked to him, took the rifle from Mitchell, who didn't show any resistance at this point, and placed him under arrest. Thankfully, nobody else was hurt. Mitchell tried to maintain his innocence in killing two men and injuring another, which his thought process was he was on 36 Sudafed and he blacked out. He remembers killing Gerald Wright, but he does not remember anything that happened after that, or so he says. All right, so I've been, uh, I just looked to see what abusing Sudafed does, uh -huh. uh, which is uh, the drug in its pseudofedrin. So uh, the, uh, what it does is it provides a massive dump of dopamine to your brain. So you kind of want to keep doing it. So it's, it feels good. It makes you feel good. And people want to keep doing it. Well, so. he must have not felt good if he wanted to murder people. Well, he felt <laughs> something. I don't know. I mean, you never know what's going on in his brain. Maybe. That, that release might have felt good to him. This took him, pushed him, whatever was already there over the edge. Uh, well, that's a, 
a nightmare. I could not imagine. So anyway, thankfully, authorities were able to catch him, and he didn't do anything further because I feel like that could have gotten really, really, really bad. I mean, it was already terrible. Two people died and one was injured, but I mean, that really could have escalated further. He was sentenced in 1991 to two counts of second-degree murder, one count attempted murder, aggravated assault, and the use of a deadly weapon to commit a felony. In 1994, though, the Idaho Supreme Court ordered a new trial due to errors that were conducted in the 1991 trial. Mitchell pleaded guilty to the same charges as he did in 91, but got a reduced sentence of 24 years to life in prison with the possibility of parole. So after 24 years served, he can then ask for parole. Which wow. he did, but they said after 24 years, he has to wait every 15 years to be eligible for parole. But they don't think he's ever going to obviously get yeah. out. And he's like in his 70s now. Yeah. Wow. So. That was a. Anyway, that's a wild that story. That's a wild story, yeah. I mean, uh, Ketchum was definitely a Wild West town back in the day, and this sounds like some Wild West stuff. You know, mm-hmm. somebody getting drunk in a saloon and going out and shooting shooting up the town this dude went to like Walgreens a night and stalker got his Sudafed high and went out and shot up the town so what a creep it yeah messed up uh messed up uh <laughs> all right this doesn't define Ketchum Idaho uh this was one crazy night back in 1990 uh it is a peaceful town a beautiful town Beautiful ski mountains, ski lodges, uh, all kinds of things to do. You can eat good. You can have fun with your friends. You need to go visit Ketchum, Idaho. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Ketchum. We appreciate you letting us, uh, not that you knew. <laughs> we just threw a dart <laughs> in the map. And, uh, yeah, and uh, found you. But I'm glad we got to uh, to learn about Ketchum, Idaho. And uh, so we appreciate you guys listening. Mm-hmm. It's time to throw the dart, and it is my turn to throw the dart. It is your time to throw the dart. <laughs> she hit Texas. Okay, Shannon, where'd you hit? Spearman, Texas. Nowhere, well, kind of close to Colorado. It wasn't bad. This is in the very northern panhandle of Texas. Yeah. Uh, very close to Oklahoma, the panhandle of Oklahoma. Uh, so, Colorado's not too far away. Neither is Kansas. Uh, we're about the same distance from Andrews, Texas, our first episode, to uh, and about, let's see, we've got Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Looks about the same distance from uh, from Andrew, Andrews. So, yeah, we're back in Texas for the second episode in Texas, right? Yep. All right, so what did we say it was, Spearman? Spearman. Spearman. I've got some family very, very close to this area. That's cool. You'll it's have not, to call them and see what they know. Yeah, I'm, 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 I am. I'm going to go to Facebook right when we get out here and see mm-hmm. exactly what town they live in. But I know uh, we're not far from Amarillo, and uh, I had a great aunt that lived in Amarillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a great George Strait song mm-hmm. also, Amarillo yep. by morning. <laughs> so, uh yeah. Yay. Yay. Spearman, Texas, coming up next week. Uh, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. Go visit our website at yourtowncrimepodcast.com. 
you can link to all of our social media pages there. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all there. Uh, Insta is where I post everything. Insta is where it's at. Insta is where it's at. Uh, I do post on Twitter every now and then. Uh, I do put their new episodes up there and stuff, so you can find it there. Um, Instagram's Your Town Crime Pod. Twitter is at crime underscore town. Facebook's Your Town Crime Podcast. Uh, you can also email us at yourtowncrimepod at gmail.com. And like I said, you can find all of that and email us at yourtowncrimepodcast.com. So please do all of it. Do all of it. <laughs> uh, go on Instagram, share our, uh, you know, every Wednesday I try to put up uh, uh, that we've got a new episode out and a picture. Share that on your stories. Let your friends know. Uh, that you've got a podcast that you listen to, a new one that's small. It's two real people. We're not in some. We're not in a nice studio at all. <laughs> this is my basement with stud walls, and there is junk everywhere. <laughs> uh, but anyway, there's a lot of stuff down here. We're not in a nice studio. We're just two ordinary people who wanted to make a podcast. We throw a dart at a map every single week, and that's how we choose your town. And next week, we might choose your town. Ooh. Yeah. Well, if you live in Spearman, we live in Spearman. We did choose your town. <laughs> we did hit your town. So, uh, thank you all so much. And like I said, share, share, share. Thank you. All right, thanks. Have a good week.